Well, awesome. Well, now let's get to the Word of God this morning. If you would, as we have the last few weeks, could we stand all over the room as we read the Word of God together in Judges chapter 16? We're going to read a couple of verses that we ended with last week, starting in 20, and we'll go through the end of that chapter to verse 31, which will close out the story of Samson. Judges 16, 20 says, And she said, that was Delilah, The Philistines are upon you, Samson. And he awoke from his sleep and said, I will go out as at other times and shake myself free. But he did not know that the Lord had left him. And the Philistines seized him and gouged out his eyes and brought him down to Gaza and bound him with bronze shackles. And he ground at the mill in the prison. But the hair of his head began to grow again after it had been shaved. Now the lords of the Philistines gathered to offer a great sacrifice to Dagon, their God, and to rejoice. And they said, our God has given Samson, our enemy, into our hand. And when the people saw him, they praised their God. For they said, our God has given our enemy into our hand, the ravager of our country who has killed many of us. And when their hearts were merry, they said, call Samson, that he may entertain us. So they called Samson out of the prison and he entertained them. They made him stand between the pillars. And Samson said to the young man who held him by the hand, let me feel the pillars on which the house rests, that I may lean against them. Now the house was full of men and women. All the lords of the Philistines were there. And on the roof, there were about 3,000 men and women who looked on while Samson entertained. Then Samson called to the Lord and said, O Lord God, please remember me and please strengthen me only this once. O God, that I may be avenged on the Philistines for my two eyes. And Samson grasped the two middle pillars on which the house rested. And he leaned his weight against them, his right hand on the one and his left hand on the other. And Samson said, let me die with the Philistines. Then he bowed with with all his strength and the house fell upon the lords and upon all the people who were in it. So the dead whom he killed at his death were more than those whom he had killed during his life. Then his brothers and all his family came down and took him and brought him up. And buried him between Mount Zorah and Eshtol in the tomb of Manoah, his father. He judged Israel 20 years. So, Lord, we're thankful for your word. Lord, we want to learn from Samson. Lord, we want to learn maybe some things we should not do. And maybe today a couple things we should do. But, Lord, would you help our hearts be open to not only read your word or see your word or hear your word. But, Lord, to apply it to our heart, to our life. Lord, so we can look more like you and make a difference in our world, Lord Jesus. We love you and thank you. In your name we pray. Amen. And amen. Well, you can go ahead and be seated. Thank you so much. As we conclude the story of Samson, we continue to remember and look at the fact that Samson, he lost the source of his strength. He forgot what his life was about. He forgot the calling that God had put on his life. As he had a Nazarite vow from the Lord. Even from when he was in his mother's belly. That God had spoken and called him. And she lived the life for him when he was still inside. He was born and we saw a young man that lived his life in a way that was for himself. Not for the things of God. But that was for himself. We saw a young man that that continually sinned. Continually went against his Nazarite vow. But also just against what the people of Israel were supposed to do. We saw a young man that grew. And as we saw in the last verse for 20 years. He was a part of judging the people. But even in that process. He was not serving God. 
What he saw with his eyes, what he wanted, he went after. And didn't care what the Lord thought or what he was called to do, but went after what he wanted. The source of his strength. When I think about us, and I think about you, and I think about me, what do you think? What do I think? What is the source of our strength? It can be so easy to think of our talents, or to think of maybe what our, uh, our parents poured into us, or good work ethic, or yeah, I, I can do it, I can accomplish it on my own, I can, I can make it happen, whatever your it is. Maybe there's times in our life where like Samson, we may not be living exactly like we should, but God somehow continues to bless. I continue to get all the bills paid. I've got a good family. Maybe I have some extra blessings that are over and above, and I just feel like I'm good, even though I'm off track. Even though I'm not where I should be. The source of our strength. Samson continually did things that, that drew him away from the Lord and God was gracious, as he can be so often with us, and continued to bless him at times, and continued to pour his spirit into him, continued to give him this strength, until finally Delilah wore him down and got him to give the secret of his strength, his long hair. It was cut off. And the saddest portion of this story, uh, where he says, he did not know that the Lord had left him. He didn't even realize is it possible in our lives that there are seasons or moments where we don't even realize that the Lord has left, that our strength has gone, that the source was not in what we thought it was, but instead it's in God and we've walked away from the presence and the power of our creator. Your strength and the source of strength is found only in relationship with God. And my question for you and for me today is, are you, are we living our life in a way where we are acting like my strength is found in my creator? Are you living in a way where you say, there's no doubt in my mind, everything I need is from God. Every part of who I am is to God. Every part is, is what he wants to do and how he wants to move in my life. Because Samson didn't even realize that the Lord had left him. Think of Samson, you think of a guy that had so much that he did, so many things that he hid from his family, from his country, from his people, so many times, starting with the source of his strength, the source of his strength, the sign of his strength in his hair. But Samson's blindness, bondage, and slavery that we read, it started inside of him. But what is inside? always comes out and there's something to understand that lord it's not me he knows it we we need to know it lord it's not it's not my strength it's not what i do it's not what i'm about but lord it's all you it's who you are it's what you're about which means lord don't let bondage and blindness spiritual blindness don't let me be enslaved or bound by anything because lord i'm not going to let there be anything in me no part of me that is not something I can put before my Lord. Lord, help us to be a people that don't let anything be something that has to stay hidden. Because when we get to that point, we can so easily think, well, nobody knows. Nobody needs to know. It doesn't even matter what I do. God is still here. My family, everything's still fine. I can still be a part of my church as long as no one knows. And they're not going to find out, so it doesn't matter. 
But every time the word of God would show that he knows, number one, that he knows what's going on in the deepest places of my spirit. And that there's going to be a moment where what I do matters. There's going to be a moment where what I do is brought outside. For Samson, his hair was cut off, his strength was gone. He was blinded, he was put in chains, he was, he was put in a place where he was walked around by a little lad, by, by just a kid, by a young person. This great man of, of power, of strength, was left in nothing because of his secret sin, because of things he did outwardly, because of areas of his life where he didn't take care of, because he lost the fact that his strength was not in himself, but it was in God. We must be a people that don't lose track of who we are. But you know, when I, when I was reading and looking at this, verse 22 is one of the kind of verses I love in the Bible. Because he's just been blinded. He just has been, uh, done things he should not have done. He just uh, was taken captive. But it says, the hair of his head began to grow again after it had been shaved. Now, some really smart people in the room... I think you could help me out here. It seems to me like if cutting the guy's hair, all of a sudden he no longer has strength. It seems to me like if you're going to keep him alive, then you keep a barber on retainer. And every Monday morning he gets the shave. Wouldn't you think? But I want you to know that no matter what you feel and no matter where you are, and no matter how far gone you feel you are, or no matter how far off track of the source of your strength being God. I think to God puts it in here. He tells us, but his hair began to grow back. And if you're Samson, I could just imagine him sitting in a, a place where he did not want to be. He was a, a prisoner in that spot. And I can just imagine him start to feel his hair. Start to say, my hair's growing back. Feel his beard. I can just imagine him saying, come on. There's a, a new faith, a new level of expectancy to say, maybe, maybe what I lost. Maybe my poor choices. Maybe God would use me. One more time. Maybe we're going to see and we read that Samson finally, the first time we see it, cries out to God. What happens when we realize I put my source and my strength in myself, but my God, he's the one that gives me strength. What happens when we cry out and begin to let faith arise? For Samson, his hair began to grow back. For you, maybe in your spirit, say, Lord, I can do it. Lord, what's been a part of me for a long time. Lord Jesus, you can restore. You can make new. What, what I've just lived with, I don't have to live with it anymore. Because you can be my God. You can be my strength. You can be my deliverer. What happens when I say, my hair's growing back. My strength's growing back. What happens when I realize one more time, the source of my strength is my creator. When you look at the life of Samson and you, you see him, you see that he was given over to his pain. That what was inside of him came out. And something that I think it's vital for us to remember is that every time in a moment when we think it's just us and it's just our problem, it's just our sin, it's not that big of a deal. Is that your disobedience is never only about you. It always affects the people around you. And when I'm thinking of Samson, I can just imagine him sitting in the cell. I can imagine him thinking, my hair's growing back. My eyes are gone in his case. But Lord, I've made mistakes. I've not fulfilled the call. I've not been where I am. But maybe you could use me. 
And sometimes we like to lie to ourselves. We're deceived to say it's only my thing in my way. It's not that big of a deal. And God wants to remind us, no, when we give over to the thing that is against him, to our sin, pain is going to come into our life and it kind of bleeds out on the people around us. There's nothing I can just do and say it's not that big a deal. My kids won't know or my wife won't know or the people around me. No, it will come out. Pain will come to you and no, we don't want that. God doesn't want that. But what about those around you? In fact, here in this story, we see that in verse 24, the people, the Philistines, says when the people saw him, they praised their God. Our God has given our enemy into our hand, the ravager of our country who has killed many of us. The people, the enemy, that God is not the big G. It's a small G. It is, it is not God, just their God, Dagon. It is, it is somebody that is not real and a God that is not real. They begin to worship and praise. And when we get off track, so often we don't help people get to God, but obviously the opposite happens. When pain comes, when sin comes into our life, we don't understand what it means. We don't understand what it can do. But we see throughout the word of God, we see throughout history that people around us are hurt and wounded in our sin. Leaving the covering of the Lord will bring pain to you and those around you. And as pastor of Radiant Life Church, I can tell you, I don't want any of you to walk through pain that you don't need to walk through because we can just say yes to Jesus. And I can tell you on a personal level, I don't want any extra pain in my life. Nobody's cry, like signing up for that. Lord, help me to walk in you. When we think of God, it's not that God is waiting there to say, uh, I'm bailing on that guy. When I, when I think of it in my life, I think of this covering of the word of God, of God in our life. Talk about being inside of, underneath of the covering of the word. And when I continually separate myself from the things of God, when I continually walk away from the things of God in Samson's life, we can do the same. We can get out of the covering of the Lord where the Lord's like, just come home. Like, just, just come back. There's no reason to be out there by yourself. There's no reason. Uh, last weekend, we had men over to our house and there was that huge storm. Maybe you were around it. Uh, I would like to say that there were people in the yard. There were some people out getting some golf balls. And then this massive storm came. And you know what we did? We got up on the front porch that was covered. Maybe we went inside because we said, I don't want to die when there was lightning strike, like right there at the corner, on, hit a telephone pole. You're like, get in the covering. And God would call us, don't walk in pain. Don't walk out in the middle by yourself, but come back under me and watch as I bless you. Watch as I pour my spirit out of you. Watch instead of bleeding things that aren't of me, you get to pour Jesus out upon the people around you. Samson went the wrong way. Samson did the wrong thing. But even in his moment, God does something that I absolutely love. And we see it over and over. The principle of the word is that he welcomes us back. He welcomes us back in. He calls us home. You are always welcome home. And I want to be sure before we would end any Samson series that you know that the God of the universe, the one who created you, no matter where you are, says, come on home. Come on home. Maybe you are like Samson and you feel like you're imprisoned and you're in shackles and you're in a serious spot. Guess what? God is calling you. Come home. 
Let the hair grow back on your head. Let the faith rise one more time. One more thing you're going to see God do and move in your life. And you know, when I look around this room, I see a whole bunch of people and we might pray, Lord, one more time. But I don't think anybody in the room is a one more timer. We might pray it, but God has thing after thing after thing for us to do. Why walk any other path but then to come home to the Lord? To come underneath of the word of God in our life and what he would speak. And to ask him, Lord, would you one more time fill me with your Holy Spirit? And my prayer is maybe this afternoon, maybe you go to the grocery store on the way home and you're like, Lord, would you, you're like, Lord, would you give me a word for somebody? Would you just, or you just see someone in trouble? You go and help them. You go encourage them. Lord, I'm not really that outgoing, but can you give me, can you give me your power one more time? Can you help me? And then, you know, it'd be awesome. You pray with the person, you encourage a person. Maybe you just say, hey, how you doing? That might be the encouragement of the day. And then you get home. Maybe there's a situation. Maybe you have children and you want uh, I'm trying to think of how to say this. You just want to strangle somebody. I don't know. That's the only way I can think of it in this moment. Lord, would you help me one more time? Show love and parent well. Lord, with a spouse. Lord, with a friend. Maybe your job tomorrow morning. Lord Jesus, I know I'm called here. So Lord, would you help me one more time? And we can pray over and over and over again. Lord, one more time, would you fill me with your spirit? Lord, one more time. Lord, would you help me walk as you've called me to? Lord, don't let me be outside of your word, but let me be in where you would have me to be. Let me experience your love and your power. In verse 28 is the first time that we see Samson in the Bible cry out to the Lord. He did it on his own. He walked his own journey. He didn't even want the calling that God gave him. And I want to encourage you, don't do it that way, but call out to him. Just like Samson, Lord, help me. Lord, help me today. Lord, in this moment, Lord, would you reveal yourself? Lord, would you show yourself so true and powerful one more time? Call out to the Lord. So when he bowed and with all his strength and the house fell upon the Lord's, the call that he had to deliver his people, he finally walked that journey out in a way that he asked for instead of what kind of was made to almost. And I don't want any of us to get to the end of our life and like him truly only be able to say one more time. I want it to be a continual, Lord, one more time. One more person. One more for your glory. One more. But I don't want at the end of my life to say I've wasted it all. I've given it all. And I don't want any of you to be able to say, ah, oh, man, I'm so just in, in chains. And I, I'm being led around by a lad. This man of faith and power. This man who ends up in the hall of faith. In Hebrews chapter 11, this list of, of mighty warriors, of mighty leaders. But for a last moment belief, you are called for more than a last moment belief. You are called to fulfill the call that God has placed on your life. You are called to be all that God has called you to be. And I think from Samson, we understand a few things. We need to learn. Number one is don't underestimate the power of sinfulness. There's nothing that just is not that big a deal. There's nothing that it's, eh, no one's going to notice. Samson thought everything was under control, but his desire for love, romance, and sex led directly to his destruction. Samson was the great conqueror who, conqueror who never allowed godly, or God to properly conquer him. And today I want to ask us, is there anybody in the room who'd say, ah, that... That gets me. Is there sinfulness in your life and you're just, it's not that big a deal. 
You've underestimated the power of sinfulness. Today is the day to say no more. Today is the day to say there's no compartment of my life where sin is allowed and another where it's not allowed. No, there's no sin that will be in my life. I think from Samson, we learn that we can't underestimate the power of the deceiver. There's no way that in his life, Samson wasn't continually deceived. He always went the wrong way. He always went for the wrong people. He always wanted to party with the Philistines, with the enemy, rather than stay and, and let God move in the place he was called to be the judge of. Samson was deceived throughout his life. And there's not, like with sin, there's no part that it's not that big a deal. If this, this is one area. We must not let the deceiver have any foothold in our life. We must completely rid our life of the things that don't line under, uh, up under the word of God. Because when I am deceived in small areas and I, it's, it's not that big a deal. Who cares who I date or who cares who I go out with or who cares what I drink or what I look at or what I watch on the TV. It's not that big a deal. It's just a movie. It's just a series. It's not that big a deal what I say. No one really knows. They're not going to hear. If I got, I'm not gossiping. I'm just talking about them rudely. It's not a big deal. Right? What is your thing? All of us in the room, I guarantee, have things. Are we going to be, it's fine? Because if so, we're deceived. Because it's not fine. Sinfulness. The deceiver. Don't underestimate them. I want to go on. Don't underestimate the weakness that comes from doing life alone. When we look at the life of Samson, he's not with people. There's not a group of people around him encouraging. He, he's there. Now, he may have those people, but when his dad came to him, said, hey, that's not what you should be doing. What do you say? I want what I want. I liked what I saw. I remember, it's now been a long time ago, but right out back behind this building, one time, my dad, he, he was pretty direct with me. And said, that's not how a follower of Jesus acts. Like, you need to get a hold of yourself, basically. And I was super mad. I'm not going to lie. And I was so thankful about 10 minutes later. And then a week later and a month later. It's like, Lord, I don't want any part of me by myself. I need people around me to say, hey, Chris, I was a pastor then, not the lead pastor. But right now, if there's something I need convicted of by the Holy Spirit, or maybe I'm not strong enough in the moment to hear it, if it's my wife or if it's a friend, if it's somebody, one of you that comes and says, hey, I need, you need to, you need to pull yourself together, Lord. I don't want to do life alone. I need friends. I need family. I need to be on a team. And I want to encourage you, don't do life alone. Don't get on an island like Samson where I'm just going to do what I want. I'm going to be what I want. No, have people in your life who say, no, stop it. That's not what God would do. That doesn't line up with the word of God. In September, we're starting groups up again. I encourage you, if you're not in a group, a small group of people, get in a group. It'll change your life. You become a part of a team where people can know you and, and, and just pour into you. Don't underestimate the weakness that comes from doing life alone. And lastly today is don't underestimate the grace of your heavenly father. So often we can say, yeah, I am all those things. I have done all those things. I've been deceived or I, I've got sin in my life or yeah, I don't want to be with people. Well, guess what? Today is the day that God welcomes us in. And when you come to him and you say, Lord, forgive me of what I've done. Forgive me of my sin. Samson, forgive me. I mean, you could, well, every single thing in his life that he was called to do that we see, he went the other direction. Like literally everything. 
Finally, when he told him the source of his strength, his hair, his source was Jesus, but that was his last thing. And God said, fine, that's where you're going to go. We're not going to be those sorts of people. We're going to come to him. And when even Samson in that moment came back one more time, God filled him with strength and power. And today, would you be willing to say, God, I'm going to give you every part of me. I offer you every part of me. I give you every part of me. Forgive me of my sins. Make me new. And you know what happens? You don't have to leave and be like, oh, man, I feel so bad. The opposite. God says, it's gone. Take it off. Leave it at an altar. Leave it at your seat. Leave it with him. And watch as the God of grace, the God who sent his only son to this earth to walk for 33 years on this earth. Anybody? That, that seems tough. But not only that, to take your sin and your shame and your pain and everything upon himself. To have his father turn his back on him when he died on the cross. But then to rise again. Like come, that's the God who loves you. That's the God who pours his grace out. Which means when you come to him, you don't have to take it again. You don't have to bear the weight of it again. You can leave it at his feet. And unlike Samson, this isn't a one last time sort of a thing. We're walking this journey. We're walking it together. And let's watch God do something mighty in your life. You watch. Watch him do something. But it takes a step. Maybe for some of us, we need to think. We need to figure it out. What's something? Is there an area? And if so, let's give it to him. For some of you, you know this whole sermon. You're like, I don't like this sermon. You know. It's, it's clear. Maybe nobody else around you knows, but you. It's like, ah. Are you strong enough? say, Lord, I feel, feel my hair growing, feel the faith rising up, and I don't need, I don't need alcohol, or I don't need drugs, or I don't need people, I don't need to feel good by what I say and how I talk about people, I don't need food, or I don't need any, like, anything, I don't need money, Lord, I'm going to give it all to you, as I give it all to you, Lord, would you move, and would you give me strength one more time, over and over again, to see your will, and your call, and my life come to fruition. He loves you. I pray no one would leave this room today with anything but the encouragement of the God of the universe. Because when you come and you give it to him, he fully welcomes you. And he sees the blood of Jesus. He sees a pure, spotless lamb when he looks at you because of Jesus and what he's done. Not because you're great. I'm not great. But because Jesus is great. His grace is sufficient. Which means today you can go and you can walk in him. And we're going to close today with a song. We're going to spend a few minutes, turn this place into an altar. And I want to encourage, I believe there's some people in the room that you need someone just to maybe put their hand on your back. Our prayer team is not going to be at the front and you're going to, but we're going to be up here worshiping. And when you come, we're going to just lay our hand on your shoulder and encourage you. We're just going to pray for you. We're going to let you do what God, what you and God can have conversation, but we're going to be behind you, cheering you on. And I believe every one of us in this room is in a spot. If you come to the front or if you stay in your seat, what is it that you can give to the Lord today? What is it that you can experience his power? Don't think that the strength that you have is from you. It is from God. Don't give over to pain and bring people into that mess with you. Give it over to God and watch him heal you and make you whole. And know you are always welcome you don't know the Lord today, all you have to do is say, Lord, forgive me of my sins. I turn from my past. I repent of my past and I give it all to you. I want to live for you. And the God who died for you welcomes you in. In fact, the Bible says that all of heaven rejoices when one person comes to know him. 
And we want to rejoice with you as well. And if that's you today, I would encourage you to come up to me during service, after service. I would love to celebrate with you and pray with you. There's no greater decision than coming to know our Heavenly Father. So right now, we're going to turn this place into a time of prayer. If we could, all over the room, could we stand to our feet today? We're not going to underestimate the power of sinfulness, the power of the deceiver, the power of trying to do it on our own. And today, church, we're not going to underestimate the grace that God has that he pours out upon us as his people. So, Lord, right now, we offer you every part. We give you every part of who we are. Lord, we say yes to you. Help us, Lord Jesus. Help us where we struggle. Help us where we're weak. Help us where even now we don't see how we can get to the other side. We don't see how we can find freedom. Lord, help us to know that you are the one that brings freedom. It's not us. You are the source of our strength. It's not us. You are the one. Lord, we lay it at your feet and you take it where we don't have to pick it back up. So, Lord, right now, what we need to give, Lord, I pray you give us faith to stand strong. Our hair is growing back, just like Samson. It's growing back. Your word speaks. Lord, you are good. As we sing, as we worship, as we pray, maybe as we come to the altar today, Lord Jesus, when you show yourself in might and power, when you show us yourself in glory today, in a powerful, in a real, even a supernatural way, like Samson, Lord. One more time of strength that gets us from here to the next time where we get to make a difference in our world. We love you, we thank you, and we praise you. It's in your name we pray, amen.